Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? It's Monday, September 5th, and this is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco, and today we have some winners and losers of week one of the college football season. Irish Illustrated's Tom Loy is going to join me later in today's episode, but I got to start out with the biggest winners and losers of this first full week, this first full slate of college football. I'm going to start out with my biggest winner of the weekend, and that has to be Ohio State, specifically the Buckeyes defense under new defensive coordinator Jim Knowles in the 20. 21-10 win over Notre Dame over the weekend. Ohio State held Notre Dame to just 10 points, including zero. That's a big, fat goose egg in the second half at home against the Fighting Irish. Now, to me, this is a huge sign moving forward for the Buckeyes in their quest to return to the college football playoff and get to a national championship and finally win the national title under Ryan Day. Now, of course, the biggest questions for Ohio State coming into the 2022 campaign was the defense and how it would fare with some new-look guys graduating a few players and obviously bringing in a new defensive coordinator. But Knowles obviously brought in that toughness from Oklahoma State, which had a solid defense last year. And now going into the rest of this season, I think the Ohio State defense is not one to be trifled with within the Big Ten, obviously going on display on a national stage at home against the fifth ranked team in the country. It was a fantastic display of defense. The Notre Dame offense was just stuffed pretty much all night long. And even after Ohio State trailed earlier in that game, they, they, they woke up. They absolutely woke up in the third and fourth quarters. And of course, Notre Dame and new quarterback Tyler Buckner could not get anything going in, in any sort of fashion on in the passing game or the run game for the remaining 30 minutes of that ball game. So they're my biggest winner this week, the Ohio State defense. Now we'll move over to my biggest loser of the week, and that had to be Utah. Now, I was a big fan of Utah coming into the season. The defending Pac-12 champions were obviously looked at as a potential repeat champion here in 2022, but they go on the road on, at, to Florida, down in Gainesville, in the swamp. Of course, it's no easy place to play if you are the Utah Utes, but unfortunately, it was 29-26. Now, they had their chance at the end, but Cam Rising, the, the fantastic quarterback for Utah, threw an interception to end the game uh, late in the fourth quarter with, you know, goal to go. That's all they had. They were knocking on the door of the end zone. They could not uh, capitalize in that situation. So Utah is my biggest loser of the week because now I don't know what happens to them in terms of this college football playoff picture. Of course, you know, I know the expansion already happened, or at least it was uh, approved for a couple of years down the line, but we're not going to have 12 teams yet. Still only have four teams and already one loss for Utah. I mean, again, we, we've seen it already before. If you have two losses, you're not making the college football playoff with four teams. It's as simple as that in Utah. 
obviously lost to a very good SEC team, or so it seems on paper right now in the Florida Gators under Billy Napier. So, you know, it's, it's a good loss, we'll say, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not good for the playoff positioning for Utah. And again, it doesn't affect their Pac-12 title chances, but uh, they're my biggest loser because then they could have made a huge huge statement to open up the season. So Utah, unfortunately, it's a big L from me after week one. So we'll switch over back to some winners now. It's Notre Dame. And and for some reason, people are going to ask me, why is Notre Dame a winner, even though they just lost to Ohio State? But I got to say, Notre Dame's playoff aspirations are still alive. Again, we mentioned how you you cannot have more than one loss to get into the playoff, but this is a quality loss for Notre Dame. Again, it was on the road. I know the offense didn't show up in the second half, but still, you only lose 21-10. You hold Ohio State's high-powered offense to just 21 points on the road in the horseshoe. Very impressive to me. So my hat's off to Marcus Freeman and company. Again, don't forget, this team still has Clemson and USC, among others, on this loaded schedule here in 2022. So they can certainly make up ground, especially if Clemson is a highly ranked team towards the end of the year as well. And it it seems like USC will be in the mix as well in terms of whether they're going to be in the playoff race or they're going to be within the top 15, top 10. It seems like that after one week for USC as well. So I put my money on Notre Dame being in the thick of things. If this team's going to be this good as, as what they were on Saturday against Ohio State, they could certainly win a lot of games. I'm thinking 9-10 wins at minimum for Notre Dame right now. So they're still a winner in my book after a stout performance on defense. And obviously the offense does need a little bit of work. But again, we're going to bring in Irish Illustrated's Tom Lloyd later in the show to discuss more on Notre Dame and what they need to do moving forward. So back to my losers of the week. I got to look at the Carolina schools. All right, North Carolina and NC State. I know they both won over the weekend, but the defense for North Carolina, by the way, just absolutely horrendous. Gene Chizik was getting ripped on social media over the weekend after giving up 61 points. And now it's two straight weeks where North Carolina's defense has been questioned. Former Clemson and Duke quarterback Chase Bryce at Appalachian State just absolutely tore them up. And if it weren't for some, if it weren't for a bad throw on a two-point conversion the first time around, and obviously North Carolina getting a little lax towards the end of the game, Appalachian State might have won that game outright or they would have won in overtime. So North Carolina, to me, very lucky to get away with a win over the weekend. And again, they have to do something with that defense. I know North Carolina has a great offense. Quarterback Drake May looks like the real deal. Mac Brown sung his praises along with Chase Bryce on the opposite end of the spectrum over there. So we'll see what happens with them moving forward. But they're a loser for me this week as well as NC State. Now again, you win 21-20 over East Carolina. I know on paper it might be a solid whims again. It's fellow Carolina school. What are you going to do? But unfortunately... They were a missed extra point and a field goal or a field goal away from losing that ball game. And Devin Leary did not look like the Heisman hopeful that he is, you know, is trying to be here in 2022. So not the best performance at NC State. And again, if it weren't for two missed kicks or at least one of those missed kicks, NC State might have opened up the season with a bad loss. So they're a slight loser this week. And not as much as North Carolina due to their defensive performance, but both Carolina schools are losers for me here in week one. And then the final winners and losers for me this week, I have to go big winner, Florida Gators, Billy Napier opening up his era with an absolute bang, 29-26 over Utah. We we talked about the game just a moment ago, how it was a big loss for Utah, but that's a great way to start out things in the new Billy Napier era for the Florida Gators. Anthony Richardson looks like the real deal. And again, now he's the full-time starter. He had three touchdowns on the ground. I'm sure the passing game is going to keep evolving as the season moves on for Richardson and company, the Florida Gators, my big, one of my biggest winners uh, in college football over the weekend, and then my one of my other biggest losers uh, from the weekend. And there's not much to say about this one, but a 49-3 loss for Oregon is unacceptable for head coach Dan Lang. And again, I know you're going against the defending national champions at a neutral site, but again, 49-3, I mean, that is just absolutely horrendous. I don't know what happened there. Bo Nix looked lost against a very talented Georgia defense despite that team graduating and, going, and having a lot of players going to the NFL as well. So Oregon did not show up, and I know Kirk 
Kirby Smart previously said that he wasn't worried about Dan Lanning, and there wasn't a shot at Dan Lanning a couple weeks ago. But you know, going up against his former defensive coordinator, I'm sure he knew what to expect. And Georgia, you just see the talent gap right now between Georgia and a team like Oregon that was highly ranked to start the year. So you got to wonder how they're going to bounce back from this. But being an absolute no show on a big stage on Saturday, just a, that's a big loss in my mind. All right, so we're going to step aside and take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to welcome in Irish Illustrated's Tom Lloyd to the program to talk a little bit about Notre Dame and their performance against Ohio State. So don't go anywhere. This is the College Football Daily on 24-7 Sports. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pleased to welcome in now Tom Loy of Irish Illustrated, our Notre Dame site on 24-7 Sports, to wrap up this week one reaction year, biggest winners and losers. So, Tom, I actually put Notre Dame, if if you missed it, I, I actually put them as one of my winners this week, despite the loss to Ohio State. Again, you had the number two team in the country, number five team in the country, good defensive performance out of the uh, fighting Irish, uh, holding Ohio State to just 21 points. But obviously, if, if we're going to make a loser out of this game, it has to be the Notre Dame offense. But first, I just want your first reaction to this game where Notre Dame, they, they had the lead. They had Ohio State on the ropes there, but ultimately the Buckeyes won this game at home at the Horseshoe. Yeah, man, it was a it was a battle. And to be completely honest, despite the the points not being in the 30s and potentially 40s, like I thought, uh, I really saw a close game. I, I thought I even wrote and said on radio hits and, and podcasts and everything. I, I, I thought it was going to be a game where Notre Dame had the chance to take the lead at some point in the fourth quarter. You know, they only lost by 10 points and and um, this was a game they won. They should have won. And if you look at the irishillustrated.com message boards, you can tell that the fans at one point noticed that they, they could have won this game, probably should have won this game. There was just a little bit of lack of execution here and there, but, you know, they fall, they fall 21-10. It's a, it's a, I, I just knew they weren't going to, you know, get blown out and it wasn't going to be a point. That 17-point spread blew my mind a little bit because I just this Notre Dame team is too talented across the board but all in all I think just kind of quick impressions defensively Al Golden was brought in to to lead this team this defense to be in a position to beat teams like Ohio State Clemson USC and I think this Notre Dame team defense is real. I think they're very real. He had these guys ready. And, and other than the one, I think it was the end of the third quarter, the touchdown pass to Xavier Johnson, where he beats Jaden Mickey on the post pattern. I didn't understand the move to bring Brandon Joseph in from the safety and blitz him because you kind of leave your guy on an island and a freshman at that in an obvious passing situation. So that was the one thing that kind of made me like, all right, if they hold him to a field goal, I think they're, you know, it's a tie ball game at that point. And you never know what happens uh, or a three point game, whatever, whatever it was at that time. But that was probably the only moment where I thought, well, what were you guys doing? But all in all, love the effort of the defense, thought it was terrific. Offensively, lacked some creativity. There was a couple um, chunk plays and a couple big moments where you see the flashes, but 
man, it just felt like they got a little vanilla at times, especially in the second half. And and, and that really was the difference maker. They didn't connect in a couple deep balls. I know Tyler Buckner threw what looked to be a, a near dime down the sideline, and he just missed the receiver by a step. And, you know, that could have gone for six. So, um, and then the first possession, obviously, Lorenzo Styles breaking free, and, and that could have been a nice touchdown starter. So a couple things, but if, if you don't realize the potential of this team and the fact that this team could still win a lot of games, you're just kind of either being a hater or just a little frustrated over the top. So you mentioned the X. Ex- execution. I mentioned in my monologue too that this team actually still could go really far. And then, you know, I'm expecting maybe at the at the bare minimum, probably nine or 10 wins on this schedule after that first week. So, or even 11 and one. I mean, this, this is a team that could very well win out based on that uh, type of defensive performance. And obviously Marcus Freeman has had a huge impact already. Just his first game, basically officially as head coach. But you mentioned the execution. I want to circle back to that on the offensive side. Now, Tyler Buckner won the quarterback job in the offseason. So based on what you saw in this game, was it just a little bit of a lack of execution and the fact that they just need to clean up some things going forward? Or is there a larger problem with this offense? It's tough to answer that right now, but I will say that I don't think it's a larger problem. I think they're going to continue to clean it up, get better. I mean, this is Tyler Buckner's first start. I know he had spot duty and things like that. He had flashes for Jane Tech, all that stuff last year. This was his first start. And anybody trying to write this kid off is just missing the big picture of what this kid can do, both with his arm and with his legs. If I was sitting down with Tommy Reese right now, I think he would give a ton of compliments to Jim Knowles and what they did on the Ohio State side of the ball. They answered the bell and they stepped in a big way. And I think this could be a much better defense for Ohio State than than in years past. So kudos to them for that, no question. But I think that they need to either just go all in with Tyler Buckner and let him cook, let him eat, and just see what happens because... Or, or just continue to be very vanilla and you're going to be in a lot of close games. And it's kind of like the boomer bust thing. This is a kid that was exceptional at the high school level and basically just did what he want, put up video game numbers. And I would like to see him just kind of, let's go crazy. Let's see what he can do and, and get in the swing passes and run and this and that. And like, and just let him eat, let him throw the ball downfield. Don't be afraid for him to throw the screens and, and or I mean the slants and the screens and all that kind of stuff. So I just think they need to go all in and let it happen um, and then kind of go from there. So I wouldn't call it a, a, an issue, big picture. I think they clean it up early. They got Marshall. They got Cal. There's opportunities there. You have a long way until um, you have you have weeks until you get to BYU is going to be a, t- a really tough matchup. You've got a long time for Clemson. You got a really long time for USC. So there is plenty of time to clean things up and get better. I think the defense is going to be fine. But don't be afraid to get a little creative on the offensive side of the ball. But I just go all in with Tyler Buckner and just let him do his thing. So I'll leave you here with this one. Again, I hate to overreact and obviously you know, project you know, 11, 12 weeks into the future for this season, but you know, this is a team where I mentioned that basically anybody right now cannot afford more than one loss to get to the playoff. We've seen Notre Dame in the playoff before. Marcus Freeman mentioned that that's a goal and, and to actually go f- uh, further and actually win a national title. So it seems like right now, barring anything or something else unforeseen this year, it seems like Notre Dame would actually have to win out this year, you know, 11 straight wins, 11 and one, and then see where the chips fall in the playoff standings. But based on that schedule, you're going to, you're going to get a Clemson. You're going to get probably a really good USC team as well. So I know they didn't win and it's, it's going to be seen, or it's going to be looked at as a quality loss for Notre Dame, but do you actually see where this schedule plays out the right way for Notre Dame saying, you know what, if they, if they are 11 and one, they have a tremendous shot at the playoff. Yeah, no question. I mean, I headed into this game with, there's so many unknowns. I, I just picking a, the final, the full big picture predictions for the season. I just, it was tough to do. So I said, this is either going to be a 12 and 0 or an 11 1 team or an eight and four and nine and three team, depending on how this game plays out. And to be completely honest, I, I really think this is a um, an 11 and one or 10 and two football team. I really do. I think that if we look ahead and, and we're projecting and 
the Notre Dame USC game comes and it's Notre Dame wins and they might be in the college football playoffs, it wouldn't shock me at all. I really think that they can be 10 and one heading into that game. And, and we can be talking about this team that bounced back from adversity. The defense looked great all season. The offense, look at the growth. They got Jared Patterson back on the offensive line, which was a huge loss last night. Uh, Tyler Buckner did his thing. The running game finally got established. The young playmakers at wide receiver finally, you know, made a name for themselves. And we all know about all American tight end, Michael Mayer. So I really do think that the Notre Dame fans should be disappointed. They should be frustrated. It was a game that they absolutely could have won in the horseshoe, but don't write this team off. Don't write this season off. It is not a lost cause. This is a team that can absolutely go 11 and one and finish the season right there in the thick of things and get back to the college football playoff. Tom Loy of Irish Illustrated joining me on the College Football Daily. Tom, before I let you go, where can everybody find you and your work on social media? Yeah, Tom Loy 247 on social media. You can follow me there. I do a ton of work on Twitter, but also just stop by irishillustrated.com. We've got a great special right now for new Notre Dame fans and a ton of content each and every day. Best Notre Dame content around for sure. Tom, thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate the time. As always, we'll see if Notre Dame can go on this huge historic run, as we've mentioned. Thanks, brother. Tom Lloyd with me on the College Football Daily. That's going to do it for us. Biggest winners and losers of week one of the college football season. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well at NickCosco59. Be sure to follow 24-7 Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And check out the YouTube page as well. Like, share, and subscribe to 24-7 Sports on YouTube for more of the College Football Daily and all of our other content this football season. Once again, that'll do it for me. Be sure to like us and find us on podcasts as well. This has been College Football Daily on 24-7 Sports. series on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire now streaming on Paramount Plus.